that when we're born again on the inside man, we're completely done. It's just a blink of an eye, an atomic second. You are recreated into the image of the Lord Jesus. It's done. But in our soul, <laughs> there's a big filter there that says, no spiritual things going through here. <laughs> no growing up going on in my life because I am still a baby and I am self-absorbed and I'm, uh, I, you know, I got me in mind. And so we have to grow that part up to let the born-again new creature in Christ through. It says in the message translation, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in, it's, I think it says him, but I say in Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. Amen. And so, Jesus, I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that's given you and I dominion today over every devil, over every circumstance, over everything that's not right. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that's given us authority over the wind and the waves, over the money that's in the earth, over the supply in mine and your life, over sickness and disease, over lack and shortage. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that's caused us to be to always triumph, to always have a way to win in our life. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that that has invested the whole kingdom into you and me. Didn't hold anything back saying, I'm going to wait and see if they play out or if they can do it. He just said, We're just up front, I'm going to just put all my chips on Joey and all my chips on Madison, all my chips on Shanice. I'm going to just put the whole thing in there. It's going to be the only horse that's running in this race, so to speak, and I believe that they're going to win. <laughs> I mean, everything is on us, and uh, I just want to lift him up today. It's just awesome. Um, one thing about, as we're talking about uh, growing up and progressing, you know, we looked at the scriptures that uh, that's in there that says precept upon precept. He, he, he doesn't just pile it on and say, you're created brand new and your soul is completely mature. Wouldn't that be something? But we all like to be around mature Christians, don't y'all? I, I like to get around somebody that, that knows something and that isn't struggling against the most little of things. If you talk to carnal Christians, you know, they're just they're just fighting everything and losing at everything. And so I like to be around mature Christians, but that's not how everybody anybody started out. We all are growing. Let's say it again. Grow up in 17. I'm telling you, it's the potential is wide open this year because it's narrowing, the path is getting narrower and narrower in our culture. People aren't even going to church like they used to. They're not uh, lifting up the Lord Jesus. Just a lot of things are, are, are getting less and less, so we're going to shine more and more as it gets darker and darker. And so one thing that as we progress as Christians, as we progress as, as sons and daughters in the Lord, is how we deal with truth. Truth is the fulcrum in this, this, this whole thing in the kingdom. It's how do we deal with truth. Everybody that's a Christian thinks it's how good are you? You know, why should I let you into my heaven? We always propose to them. And they say, well, I've been good. But that's not even on the, that's not even on the list, how, how good you are. Because bad people can go to heaven if they have Jesus. And good people can go to hell if they don't have Jesus. So it's how you deal with truth. And um, we are focused here at River Church on dealing with church, uh, with truth. 
Um, one scripture in there, it talks about a progression. The blade, the kingdom is like the blade, the ear, and the full corn in the ear. And we know that. We've gardened enough. We've planted seed enough to know that just because it came out of the ground doesn't mean you're going to have supper. You've got to wait on that thing. We've got to develop that thing. It's got to it's gotta grow. So first thing we've got to ask ourselves this morning as Christians, as born-again men and women of God, as new creatures in Christ, the new man, we've got to say, what is truth? And so in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we know right now, that truth is not something that Socrates or Aristotle or whoever said. The truth is Jesus. And Jesus is the Word, so the Word is truth. And there is no other truth. And there's no, there's no mostly truths. The Mormons have a lot of things right in their book. Of, uh, in their book. They've got some things that are right, that are true. But most of it's bunk, and a little leaven leavens the whole lump, so you can't trust any of it because they, they, don't, they don't discern the truth. Um, in 2017, there's no limits on you and me. The boundary that's out there for you is, is, is the fence, so to speak, out there is how far you can go with truth. How much do you know? How much truth is inside of you? Truth always wins, so your fence out there is how you're dealing with truth. How you're dealing with the Word. Right now, we're in a culture, we're in a, we're in a real world about truth, where they're just anything's going. I'm hearing stuff, I know Lawrence and Kathleen hear it, y'all all hear it, where people just make it up as they go. They just start telling you what they think. Well, I think that God does this. It's 142 miles to the nearest place where that could be true. It's nowhere near to the truth, but they're just making it up as they go. Well, you know, and they, their sense of justice, their sense of right, their sense of, of the way the world should be. And it has nothing to do with, uh, with the Word of God. John 14, 16, the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to give you another comforter, even the spirit of truth. So we know that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth. But then he said the Holy Spirit's coming, and he's the spirit of truth. So we can trust Holy Spirit, can't we? We can say, you know, the, the ride out of town on him is going to be dependable. 2 Corinthians 3 said, um, uh, in verse 17, it says, the Lord is that spirit. And then he said, and where the spirit of the Lord is. Who's the spirit of the Lord? The spirit of truth. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So truth brings liberty. Are we following that? Just like if I can get on truth, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's hard to get around, even though that's not the way I would do it, Lord, that's not the way I see it, that's got liberty, or the word really means freedom or deliverance, that's built into truth. And so, listen, church, this is it right here. Instead of chasing liberty, how we can get out of debt or how we can get healed or whatever, if we'll pursue truth, truth has already got liberty built in. It's already built in. Find truth. And that's why we're passionate around it. Find truth and you find the attributes of God. The kingdom will come on you and work through you 
when you live by truth. Now, truth is what I call inconvenient. Why? Because this mind up here, this soul up here, is like at war with the truth. You know, a little lie doesn't hurt every once in a while, especially if telling the truth makes everybody mad, gets everybody upset, gets everybody turned around, and you can just tell it this way and present it this way, and it's just going to go down a lot better. And so you co-sign on notes. I've done that, you know, and you, 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 you omit part of the truth and make it seem like so, all sorts of ways that you can work truth in and say, this is better. But y'all know it bites you. It always, it's inconvenient to tell the truth. It is, well, it's downright hard sometimes. It's just hard to, to work with truth sometimes because it's such an adversity against our soul. But it always will ride you to the end. Now, I'm going to tell you here at River Church, we've taken the hit many a time over just sticking to the truth. I'm not saying we're martyred or anything for it or even glorious, um, but had lots of opportunities to not speak in tongues, even though the word says speak in tongues all the time. More, more than them all, and uh, have been, been told by good people, if you'll quit that, you'll do better. Well, do better is a relative term. You ought to be running. I, yesterday, I got in the grocery store, and I just said, I'm going to clock in. I went through the front door of Publix, and until I walked out, I spoke out loud in tongues. I just went down the soup aisle. You know, people just think you're from... Sri Lanka or, you know, Jakarta or something. They don't know that you're not. Uh, you ever pulled up to somebody at the light at traffic and they're over there just talking? So you're looking for a device on their head like, yeah, I've seen those people. There's no device. I don't know what they're doing, but they're just yakking it up. They're just talk, talk, talk. That's what I was doing. That's truth. Building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Where was I when I started off on that? Praise God. So here's the thing. If Jesus is truth and the Spirit is truth, then how much you love truth is how much you love Jesus. Let's put this in another perspective. When we, when we go into praise time, worship time, either in your car, at home, here at church, you can say, you can say, Ooh, I love you, Lord. I love you. I'll, and everything. But really, how much you love him is how much you love truth. Boy, that, that, now that's hard to take. Because, Lord, no, I'm over here. What I think about your words over here and what I think emotionally and soulishly over here is separate, but not according to the word. So, amen. So it's, there's a high cost to loving truth. There's a high cost to doing it God's way. There's a high cost to to sorting out and filtering out things that are not truth. Debbie talks about, you know, what's in our truth bucket. Says it all the time. Anything, she prays it out. Anything that's not in my truth, that's in my truth bucket, that's not true, Lord, help me see it and get it out. Because sometimes we think things about things or people or, or the future, and it's just never going to happen because it's not truth. So we're pursuing something, looking to something, depending on something, uh, anxious about something that's never going to happen because it's not truth. So the reason that uh, uh, you get persecuted for truth is because truth is the Word of God, and the Word gets persecuted. 
Amen. You know, um, what, what did they say? Uh, a half-truth is a whole lie? Something like that. Jesus has to be completely 100% true or he's a whole lie. Think about it. When the Lord tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, he has to love us as he loves himself. When he tells us to give, he has to give. When he tells us to forgive, he has to forgive. He has to forgive me because he told me to forgive. He, he told me, forgive them. Let them go. Bless them that despitefully use you. Pray for them. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm working on that. But you have to do it to me, Lord, because you told me to do it, and that's truth, and you're truth, and so you're forgiving me. So for me to be condemned for something that I did and ask for repentance is not truth if I don't receive that forgiveness. Amen? So uh, there's a high cost to know the truth. It says in uh, John, John chapter 8, slip right there. We're going to be in John a lot this morning. If y'all just got a few minutes, uh, this is... This is a, I have been all over the world with this message to find out what he wanted to say this morning. I, I, I'm telling you, this is not what I got up, this is not what I planned all week to do, but he brought it back to me and said, this is it. Verse 31, I believe it's 31, yes. Uh, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's read 32 together. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, two things there. It's not, it's not truth that's just going to be out there making you free. The implication here is the truth you know. The truth you know will make you free. If you know one part of truth, and you work that truth and know that truth, believe that truth, then that part will make you free. Have you ever known people that absolutely had faith for finances, but they were a physical healing wreck, couldn't, couldn't believe themselves in any realm or vice versa, just walked around healed, whole, and healthy, but just petrified about their finances? Well, it's the truth you know that sets you free. And the word free there is the word liberated or delivered. delivered. So completely set free. And then the other thing, the truth you know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth being Jesus makes you as free as Jesus. Let's get this in context, that it doesn't just a little relief for a little while. It's as free as Jesus. He says, if you'll know the truth, if you'll know me, the word, me, the truth, then you can be as free as me. That's a whole new realm, to be Jesus free. Let's point to ourselves and say that. Be Jesus free. Come on, we're challenging ourselves. We're all born again. We're all spirit-filled. We've all cast out a plethora of devils. We've all uh, uh, laid hands on the sick. We're... We're doing the kingdom, but there's another realm. We're going to keep growing, keep increasing, keep progressing. We're walking by faith to get this, this soulish man in line with the born-again new creature in Christ. Like we walk in authority. When I walk in the room, devils walk out. 
They're jumping through windows to get out of here. So um, there's a high cost to get this, this truth to know it. You've got to test it. And right now, like in this atmosphere, or maybe in your family, or maybe in your money, or maybe in your job, or maybe in your career, or maybe in your time, we're all being so-called, not by God, but tested. In other words, there's a challenge to go forward culturally, and that challenge is, is how will you get there? Will you use the truth to get there, which seems a little inconvenient, seems a little tougher, seems certainly not as uh, 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 results-oriented, or are you going to go to the world and just sign up for more hours and sign up for, you know, someone said the other day, uh, I told someone the other day that helped me, it was in Publix, and he took me all the way around, I was looking for this Italian seasoning, and he took me all the way, way down there, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the manager about making you assistant manager. You know, he, he's, he's a stalker. And he said, oh, please don't do that. Whatever you do, don't, don't tell. I don't want to be assistant manager. So, you know, there's different ways to get to the top. And he did not want to be an assistant manager to get to the top. So whatever you are challenged to in your life, and we all are to grow, we, the challenge is, is to keep it on truth. How can I make this? agree with the Word of God, because truth is precious. It's rare, and it's precious, and it's got to be pursued. It does not fall on you. Remember in James, he said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally, and upbraideth him not. You can have it, but you got to pursue it. It's not just like, well, I'm going to school. Life is school, and this is our textbook right here. Every day you get up, and you're going to be challenged whether you're going to live by this or live by your wits or live by traditions or live according to the world system or live by this. Lots of excuses, lots of ways that you could say, not now. Like, Lord, I'm raising a family, and we're trying to get started, so I can't tithe right now, or I can't give, or I can't go to church, or I can't be faithful to this, but Lord, I'm going to. You know, you've stepped outside of truth, and you're on that path, and you may say, well, I'm, but I am going when I can, and I am praying when I can, and I am giving when I can, so that half-truth becomes a whole lie. It's a compromise. And it's good to be on the path to something good, but just understand, if you don't get the results of someone that sells out, that says, I'm totally going to do it, or I'm not doing it all, I'm going to do it with God, then you just need to know that that's the reason. Half-truths are not even close to whole-truths. They're not halfway there. In John chapter 14, truth always wins. Truth always wins. Here at River Church, we've endeavored to stay on truth, to stay on the Word. Let me tell you, I read this the other day, and boom, it hit me. It's what we believe. But somebody said, I, I didn't even think to write it down because I wasn't planning on using it, but uh, somebody said, we should not be pursuing growing churches. We should be pursuing growing prayer and the Word and stewardship, not growing churches, not making big churches. Very important. 
Because if you seek first the kingdom, everything will turn that way. But if you go after growing big churches, it's likely it doesn't matter how we have to do it. We're going to have a coffee shop here, not against coffee shops in church. Not against, we're going we're gonna to let them uh, uh, wear anything. We're not against that. But I'm saying all of this stuff is orchestrated and, and to grow. And what you do to get people, you have to do to keep people. And the Bible says to make disciples. And that's the truth. And so that's what we're making disciples. However many the Lord sends and however many we can say, are you hungry? We want to disciple you. We're signing them up. Praise God. In John chapter 14, verse 9, look what it says. It says, believest thou not that I am in the Father? So he's asking them. You don't believe I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, come on, y'all, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now let me ask you something. Are these verses truth? They will withstand pressure, the challenges, certainly time, certainly criticism, certainly false witnesses. These words are true in any circumstance by anybody in any age. They're truth. So my job as a believer is to know that truth, to know it. And you don't know something by being able to quote it or even to say it's in the Bible or the, knowing about it. It's to know it is to believe it is to do it. You don't know anything that you're will, un, not willing to do. Is that right? If you know it, then you're, you're willing to do it. You're looking to do it. And he said here, the works that I do, you're going to do. Now, see, I say I believe that. But sometimes there's a challenge to obey it. So like a light switch in a room, it's not a problem for me to always, if it's not a two-way switch, you know, two-way switches will mess you up. But if it's not a two-way switch, it's always up. If it's dark in the room and you hit the switch up, you're amazed if there's not light because you know the truth. Knowing the truth here is to believe that. The... Uh, the Amplified says, if anyone steadfastly believes in me. So that's the key. Steadfastly believes in me. How many steadfastly believes in hymns do we have this morning? All over the house. The, um, the NIV says, anyone who has faith in me. I got faith in the Lord Jesus. Um, will do the same works I have done and even greater works. So here, here it's defining the life of a Christian that makes Jesus Lord. And we talked about last week about how so many people got born again 
uh, uh, not in under, not believing in Jesus, but believing in heaven. They signed up for heaven, and you and I signed up in G- for Jesus, and Jesus then will take us to heaven. Signing up to heaven might not get you to heaven, but signing up in Jesus will. That's truth. Listen to this. This is the most amazing thing I read this week that's not the word. Y'all remember George Orwell wrote 1984 back in 1948. Is that right? How about that? That's been a ways back. But he said this. During times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. That's what got me started on this whole thing. During times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Wow. Do y'all think that uh, in the church we have universal deceit? Do y'all think that there's a great division about healing, about the baptism in the Holy Ghost, even the new birth? Even the new birth. Two women came to our church in Seminole, and their husbands came. They were both Methodist, and... uh, they were in their early 50s, late 40s or 50s, I suppose. And they were, they were trustees, which would be like elders on the Methodist board in their church. And neither of them were born again. Neither of them were. We got them both born again. Is that right? Got them both born again. So you could say there's universal deceit. They'd been in the church since they were young, way little. And certainly since they were married to these uh, activist wives that they had, and they were not born again. That's pretty universal in that denomination, actually. Uh, I asked the, the girl that used to cut my hair, I, I said, what, what do they preach on? Do you, ever, do you ever get an invitation to get born again? She said she'd never heard one. I got her born again that, that morning, cutting my hair. You know, just she did not know. She'd been going to, her and her folks had been going, her in-laws had been going to that church in Moundville for years, but it's the same everywhere. It's a universal creed. So there's universal deceit in the church. How about healing? Just talk to somebody about healing. If it didn't pass away, it's it's not normal. It's not to be expected. And you got to be good enough. And if you didn't get healed, well, you just didn't, somehow you didn't pass a God test, and so God didn't want to heal you. It's universal deceit. Here, let me read it again. During times of universal deceit, Telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. I'm going to tell you right now at River Church, we're a revolutionary act. Not because we're passive and just get over in the corner and have our own little thing, but because we we believe it's our duty. I believe anyway, I'll say it that way. I believe it's my duty to convert Tuscaloosa County to the truth. I believe my life has substance, it has value, it has worth to pursue this versus being a farmer in West Texas. Well, I could have been just a, a, just gone to work for anybody and still had the same conviction. It's not because I'm a pastor, but since I do have this pulpit, I, it's my job to disciple people in that belief that the truth should be in Tuscaloosa County. Disciple people who will disciple people who will disciple people. That's the New Testament um, pattern. 1 John 2, 4. Would you turn over way to little John, as Pastor Bessie used to slay? 
1 John 2, 4. First little John, yes. Jesus said that you will do the works that I do and greater works. Now, y'all, that, that's, that's a challenge to believe. Do you believe there's universal deceit about that verse? Yes. Do you believe that, that nobody believes it, even that we're here challenged in the last few years? We've been challenged to say, everything, Lord? And, and surely there's another hidden apocryphal meaning about greater works, that you don't mean things that you didn't even do, we would do, because you're the Lord Jesus, and there must be a mess up in the Greek, and there must be some hidden, but he said it. And we said, we're going to believe truth. We're going we're gonna to embrace it. It says in 1 John 2, 4, this this will warm you up. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Now, that's a scalder right there, would y'all say? What we just said about truth to say, yeah, I'm all about truth. I'm the, I believe in truth. I live truth. I love truth. I pursue truth. But he said, if you don't keep his commandments, uh, the truth's not in us. I've lost the scripture because I've changed it so many times. But over in uh, John, Jesus, the Lord Jesus says, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. So we got to look at every one of them. We got to say all of them. Let me tell you one thing that keeps people from obeying the commandments, some of them, is being offended. Would y'all agree with me that America right now, Americans are offended? The right and the left are offended. But there's, there's never been such vitriol. That's a cool word about other Americans whom we go to war for, Afghanistan and Iraq and, and all manner of things. We go to work war for other Americans that we don't even really like because it's not a matter of you have your view or your view in a president and Congress is really damaging me. It's not. But that I just hate you and I will even do things bodily to you up to the punishment of the law. In other words, I do I would kill you, but I don't want to go to prison, so I'm going to do everything within the law to hate you. They're just offended. You know how when people are offended, you can't placate them, you cannot pacify them, you cannot reason with them. Do y'all know offended? You ever known an offended person? If you've been married, you have. People say, I've never been offended my spouse. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, it's like you might not own up to it, but that's not just even telling the truth. That's just not truth. We've all been offended. We had a man in this church one time that was offended at me for years, and he wouldn't leave. <laughs> I didn't know how offended he was, but I knew he was offended. And, and he, was, he was just, and he just, his offense started going through the church. I mean, it's just, uh, being offended will take you to the bottom. It'll take you. I know another person that's been offended since way back, way back. And it's just like, okay, here's the target of my offense, and I'm just offended. 
But it didn't just stay there. Hebrews says that it's a root of bitterness that rises up and defiles many. And certainly, I've watched this person and, and every run one around this person is, we all are aware of their offense. It's baseless. It started out with a few gripes. We've all got a few complaints of how we would fix the world. Come on, y'all. That's truth. We all know how we'd do it if we were in charge. Debbie's dad always told us as soon as he was governor of Texas, you know, what he was going to do. One thing is he was going to do, because he was, he was from World War II era, he was going to drop Toyotas and, uh, and Mercedes-Benzes. He was going to drop them on Tokyo, and I don't know what all he was going to do, but you could just tell, you know, he, and when we bought a Toyota, you know, he didn't like it. He didn't say anything. He was like, oh, yeah. So you, you get these biases inside of you. Come on, y'all. Um, the root of an offense is you don't want the truth. When you're offended, you don't want the truth. You're not open to the truth. The, we're closed. Come back tomorrow. We're closed tonight. <laughs> no, no, nothing's coming in tonight. We've, we've already, we already know what we think, and we don't want anybody telling us different. It's pride. It's simply pride. And we're talking about growing up as Christians, being offended is you're not a lover of truth, and you can't grow. You know anybody that's been offended for a long time? They don't grow. They just, matter of fact, talking about this one person that's been for years, it's set them back. At one time, they were spirit-filled. Woo-hoo! And not so anymore, or, you know, doesn't act like it. I believe being offended cuts off the call of God, and it certainly limits the flow of the supernatural. Don't be offended. Be a lover of truth. Sometimes loving truth just means you have to say, I love the truth so much, I'm going to disagree with you wholeheartedly and love you at the same time. America needs a dose right now. we got to pray for this nation because we have some offenses to fix. If we're going to do anything strong for America, I mean for our lives, we're going to have to be lovers of truth. The truth is the Lord wants you and I to operate in the supernatural. It's not hard. You believe that Jesus said, I got so much power in you. I've got so much invested in you. And the truth is so powerful that if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If you will believe that, if you will know that, know the truth, the truth you know will set you free to just go out and do it. There's, uh, I've been reading testimonies amazing testimonies about people that just went up, just would go up believing, I'm fixing to lay hands on you. This won't take but 13 seconds total. And when I get through, you're going to walk. You're going to be, run, you're going to be healed of this, that, and the other. And just go up and pat them and say, be healed, and step back, and they're completely changed. Well, it's not the power of God. That's what he wants. It's not their unbelief because a lot of them don't believe. Would y'all agree with that? They is like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't you be touching me. <laughs> it's just having that confidence. The challenge to us at River Church, and the one thing we've got that nobody else has like we have in pursuit, is to love truth. If it says it about me, I believe it. 
If the word says I can, then I can. And settling it right there. If if the word says love your neighbor as yourself, do good to them that despitefully use you, which is really where offenses come. Somebody despitefully used us or maligned us or did it wrong. Haven't we all done it wrong to someone and hasn't somebody always done it wrong to us? It just said, let it go. That's truth. So I'm letting some people go. Just as I was meditating this, I said, you know, I'm not offended at them, but I don't want to talk to them. (laughs) You know, actually, you know, I saw somebody uh, yesterday and that I don't care if I ever see them again. But there I was in the grocery store. Actually, two people this week. Actually, two. I just remembered the other one. Yeah, he was down there in the soup section looking for mushroom or something. And I was up above him looking for... Anyway. And he looked up and said, Hey, Michael. And there I was. I had to... You, you have to... Suddenly you have to assess yourself. How much truth do I know? This is my brother. This is someone that Jesus died for. This is someone that that I would jump in the, the swirling waters to rescue. But I just didn't want to see him ever again. <laughs> ever. I was like, I don't care if I ever see you again. I don't, what you did to me and what you said and what you, you know, I don't. But there I was. And I, when I greeted him and, and blessed him, I realized that was truth. And I went away saying, you know, I hope I run into him again. In other words, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you, we don't have to wait until the encounter. We can do it by faith. I'm going to be a lover of truth to the end. Now, I do understand, and you must understand as well, that 11 of the apostles died martyrs' deaths because they stayed with the truth. I read about a woman that she had uh, had a baby, that uh, was not weaned, and uh, they came in, this nation that she was in, and where it's against the law to be a Christian, and they said, renounce it. Renounce Jesus. You're you're Jesus. And she she would not. And they said, well, we've got your father outside. We're going to kill him, and we're going to kill you, and since the baby will have no mother, we'll kill the baby. So just, they said, Apparently in this nation you knew that. Cross your fingers, renounce him, and then when we leave, you can do what you want. It, somehow when you cross your fingers, it you know, you can you can you can avoid truth. And she she looked at that baby and she heard her father and said, I will not. And I had to go, I couldn't read the rest of the story. I don't know how it turned out, but but it was like, Okay, that's truth. Truth is inconvenient, but sometimes it'll take everything. But you win when you live by truth. If you want to grow up, and I do, I want to grow up, I'm going to have to be a lover of truth. I'm going to have to pursue it. I'm going to have to live by it. I'm going to have to be put aside by it. I'm going to have to learn by truth. And I'm going to have to put down pride and that sort of thing to pursue truth. 
I believe when we make that decision, and we're fixing to pull the trigger on that, that signs and wonders will follow your life. I believe if you can say that of yourself, I love truth, that when you lay hands on the sick, they'll absolutely get out of the wheelchair and walk. Are y'all in with me? Amen. So let's just say this, Lord Jesus, I love you and I love truth. Therefore, I love your word. I choose right now to embrace your word as absolute truth. When you convict me of things that are untrue in my life with your truth, I will change. I will be glad to change. I welcome change. I will pursue change. And I will change. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a mouth to speak your truth and change my world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Debbie talked about it Wednesday, that, uh, you know, if you move to a place that does not have a church, you know, how you can wither on the vine because you've moved to a place and say, uh, she talked about some friends that were ours. This woman he talked, she talked about, her husband's the one that came to our Bible study. And we, back then, we could pray for a chair that had a, that had a cracked leg and, you know, it would come back together and, you know, it, we could pray for anything and it would happen. And so we said, Roger, he had a bad back. Let us pray for your back. No, no, I'm good. Roger, let us pray for your back. We can let it. It won't take any. Well, you're right here. We're right here. You just. No, no, no. Finally, I don't remember exactly how it went. But he let we got our hands on him and he got healed. It was an amazing thing. That's the days that God wants. You will be excited about being a Christian when you know that the truth works for you. And I'm telling you, I'm. I don't care anymore what people think, or I don't even care if I think, what if it doesn't work? Because you know you're going to think that. There's no way you're going to go up to somebody starting out and say, I'm absolutely sure this, you're going to have to step out and just say, here it goes. I'm going to do the truth and just watch God do it. And if it doesn't happen then, you just say, it happened. Amen. Supernatural, supernatural. I loose the will of Jesus into this church and into this people. We will be found pursuing the truth, Lord, pursuing you. And when we say in songs of praise and worship how much we love you, we back it up by loving your word, which is loving the truth, which is knowing the truth, which is doing the truth. We will be mindful of our words and our devotion, not just in our head, but in our lives. I give you praise, Lord Jesus, that you have redeemed us from the curse, from the devil, from death, hell, and the grave. You've lifted us up and given us dominion over all things. Lord, we thank you for restoring us spirit, soul, and body in our lives and that as we leave this place today, we are changed, not by a message, not by an association, but by Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth. And we are quickened in our lives to do what you said to do, to be doers of the truth. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Does anybody have a... Uh, does anybody have a... Sh Let me see if I can say this right. Like you have hip issues or, or back issues that's related to one leg being shorter than another. I just had that the other day, and I just wondered if I... Does anybody... Cause I, I just like... Let's get that leg out. We hadn't done that in a long time. Anybody? Everybody good? Miss Kathleen? Really? We've never done that for you or with you. Good. 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 Well, come up here. Hallelujah. Anita, we're going to use you this morning. Come up here, Miss Kathleen. Y'all got just a minute? Oh, yeah, we got lots of minutes. Just... Okay. Got your hips up against the back? Yes, ma'am. You know how this works. Now, let's... Now, you tell us, Anita. Is one... I can't see, but you tell us. Is one longer than the others? Looks like the left one's a little longer. Just a little bit. It just takes a half inch. Okay. Anita, I want you to command the right leg to come out. Don't go on and on. Just command it. Is, that, is it the one that's shorter? Because Miss Kathleen has told us before, you know, her, her back bothers her a little bit. So let's just do this. Do it. I command you right foot, right leg, to lengthen. <laughs> there it went. <laughs> Did you feel that? <laughs> Did it go too far? Sometimes they will. Let's see. Okay. Put your feet, her shoes back on. Are they good? Okay. <laughs> well, amen. I did Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? I need four inches on both of mine. Anybody? <laughs> oh, praise God. I'm so glad. Holy Ghost. Okay. Well, now, we can all do that. I mean, it's not that, but it's like anything. Because she didn't go into long intercession, and we didn't. A story I read, this is amazing, that these two men, young men, they're doing this everywhere. They're just, going, they're just going out. And the testimony was that when you know who you are and you know what who you are can do, <laughs> this sounds a little heretical, I understand. They said that they were, they were taking examples of something like that needed adjustment, and instead of saying, in the mighty name of Jesus, they would say uh, cucumbers or mushrooms. And because they knew who they were, it would happen anyway. I just wanted to get you all out of your religious box. Now, it doesn't mean that, that the heathen can do that and we can just play with this. But on the other hand, they talked about if it goes too far, just blow on it and said, it'll go back. And uh, burns, just say, one guy said, uh, you got a burn on your arm? Oh, yeah, it's a real bad burn. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, but what I'm going to do is just say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And, I, and he would reach down, and he made a circle on the ground with his finger. He said, step over into that circle. And the guy with his burned arm would step over into the circle, and the arm would be completely restored. It's just like, really, God? You're not stiff and Godeth when you seeth our faitheth that you will doeth. It's like, 
just get over there and say bananas, and, and you're going to be fine. Jesus loves you, and he's, he so wants to show. Amen. Now, that's the kind of church I want to go to, where we just spend half of our time making people sit down and tell them, no, you have to write your testimony down. We had not got time for all of y'all to just go on and on about all the things that happened this week. Amen. Anything else, Deb? Eric? That mushroom thing just about got you, didn't it? <laughs> Amen. Oh, he's better than we thought he was, and he's more willing than we ever believed. Amen. I'm a lover of truth. I'm a lover of truth. You're blessed.